everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As always, my name is Schmidt, and I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him, Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what is up, dude? What's up, my friend? A little later in the week drop for us than usual, but, you know, it's just what it is. It's hard to get on the same page sometimes. I know. I'm not going to apologize for it. it. It's it. Please. I. You know what? Doing things at work and trying to coordinate people for like a meeting is hard enough, let alone getting yeah. people who have lives, kids, et cetera, together for a podcast. And we don't, and, and we don't even live in the same area. No, we don't Not live in the same close. area. <laughs> we, this doesn't make us any money. There's no incentive like that. Right. We're I don't have different a time zones. Right, so correct. It's like, it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is like that. So uh, other than that, I mean, things have been good. Uh, I, I spent the last weekend in Philly, took a trip down there with the family. Nice. Did all the touristy stuff, you know, let the kids run up the rocky stairs. Yes. You know, all the that, fun. That, that, is, that is the only thing you should do in Philly. 100%. I mean, it's like, number one. Like, it's and I, number one. I had number to kind of try to, and it's it's funny, you know, they're, they're four and three. So obviously they haven't seen Rocky, but like yeah. I had to kind of rationalize it. So I pull up YouTube and I'm like, watch this, watch this. And I'm showing him him running with all the people behind him. And he gets to the top and he's jumping, you know, like you, they're like, oh, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Like now they're jazzed up for it. They're like, okay, now every staircase they see, they want to run up to the top. <laughs> Indoctrination at its yeah, finest. I yeah, love it. But, you know, I could live with that though. I'm all right with that. And that, you uh, know, that's you that's know, the good kind of indoctrination. And, like and hey, Sly's a big watch, dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so we we did that. You uh showed the kids around the cheesesteaks, uh, hit a couple oh. of museums, some sites and things like that. Stayed in a hotel. They were all about the hotel life. I apparently have some bougie kids, so that was funny. Every every parent has has bougie kids. It's like just they would like, every time we'd pass the the lobby, they'd see the the water with the oranges in it. Like, oh, let's get some orange water. I'm like, yeah, you guys, like, <laughs> silver and, spoon generation. <laughs> I was like, mom and dad don't have this at home. So <laughs> here's your uh, here's your Ozarka, and you're gonna sit you there know, and shut the hell up. It was so funny, but uh, but actually, it was it was it was pretty neat. We stopped in like this big sort of market. That had a lot of like little eateries and shops in it. Nice. And uh, I I went over to stand in line to get food, and it's got kind of like a diner counter. It's like a big square, and I'm I'm by the where you get the takeout, and I'm looking across, and you know unmistakably I see a dude wearing a Speedmaster, and I'm like, oh that's cool. Oh nice. Like you know no no what am I gonna do? Tell my three year old, but I'm like ah oh, that's neat, right? As it would have it later, my kid has to go to the bathroom. I take him to the bathroom. The, the dude's just finishing up and he's washing his hands. And I, I, I was so close to making a washing your hands joke. And like, this dude was definitely not a noob because he had it on like a two stitch strap. And it was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to be like, Oh, you should really be careful with that thing. Like, ha ha ha. Like that's the running joke. Right. But I, I was so afraid he wouldn't get it. And I'd be like, dude, Speedmaster, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, your audience, no, your audience. Yeah. But I, I was tempted. I was really, really tempted. Well, but, did uh, you say anything at all of it? No, no. Okay. Uh, you know, you, I had the, I had my little to. guy with you me. You have to. He he gets real impatient real quick. I was afraid he would start. You know, it would it would seem like an awkward situation when two grown men in a bathroom with a child. And I mean, um, yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's if 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 I'm close, like if it just happens by accident like that, I'll be like, nice speedy or whatever. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Just it, it, it's it's my wife hates me for it because, <laughs> but it's it's cool because inevitably i'd say probably seven times out of ten they're they're a watch guy 
or they're a watch person. You know what I mean? Like it's it's or they have some they have some connection to the to the watch or an awareness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's been very few times and it's mostly been with like Rolex owners that, that I've ever like cold draw, you know, cold called them and be like, "Hey man, like nice watch and, and whatever." There was one time I did it with a guy. We were in an elevator and it was just like, just, you know, it was one of those things where it opens up like in a movie, right? And you, you step in the elevator, just like you and one other person. And you did the, the awkward thing, like what floor and like, you know, whatever you click the floor and you go up. Right. Well, I noticed the guy was wearing a Submariner. So I'm like, Hey man, I, I like your Submariner. He goes, it's a Rolex. I was just saying, it's the running joke in the internet. I'm like, it's a Rolex. I'm like, yeah, I know it's a Rolex, bro, but yes. I know the model. Yes. It's a Submariner. Or, or my favorite, like, yeah, it's a Submariner. I'm like, mm. no, it's a Submariner. Okay, you know nothing about watches. Let's Next. continue. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation will be very short. Speaking of Rolex, you have some uh, fun and interesting news. I do, I do. So um, for those of you that have listened for quite a long time, because I think I talked about this. It's been a hot minute. It, it's We've talked about it on a few episodes recently, but I mean, I talked about this watch when we first started the podcast, like two years ago or whatever, a year and a half ago. Um but uh, I just got my father's Rolex 1655 back from servicing. We sent it to to Mike at Rolly Works in, in Miami. Um, they did a great job. Yeah, they did my Polar. It, they did a great job. It, I mean, awesome. And like they, they were fantastic. Great communication. Uh, shipping the 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 the, the timepiece back was was quick. It was well packaged. We had all the original components that were taken off of the timepiece. They, they serviced everything without replacing the crown or the hands or the dial. They did an exceptional job, and they tested it. I don't know if they did this for you, dude. They time-tested my watch for 14 days. I was like, oh, my God. That they is might crazy. have. I remember getting a thorough report back as yeah. well as I got the mainspring and everything. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, really yeah, it, was, was. it was crazy, but most, most places do not. I mean, they basically replicated a cost testing cycle. Costco is 15 days of testing. You know what I mean? Like to do have a chronometer is like it's 15 days. They did, I think, 14 based on the email. And the watch is running at like 1.2 seconds a day, which is, you know, the watch is close to 50 years old. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. It's like, yeah, all right. All day long. All day long. So she's back. She's on my dad's wrist. Um, we we attached the the case to a to a brand new Rolex oyster bracelet that I had. Special order through a through a, a buddy of mine. So if you're listening to this podcast, bud, uh, thank you so much for for making that happen. It's not easy that you can just buy Rolex bracelets, but the guy helped me out with that. So shout out to you. You know who you are, and uh, it it looks amazing. My dad could not be happier. His his dad's watch is back, and um, it's a watch my grandfather wore for essentially 40, 50 years um, before his before he passed in. Uh, I think it was. 2017 2016 somewhere in there but uh we got to watch servicing was amazing um so if you're on the fence about servicing your vintage rolex or any rolex in general give uh give mike at rolly works uh, the chance to earn your business i did a really good job so yeah one of my favorite things was one of the emails back i remember they they said looking at the watch overall like we don't recommend you do anything to the case like don't refinish anything don't i'm like yeah no I, I didn't want to but it's nice that you tell people that who don't know that they they speak collector like they speak collector because i had i had had um i was very upfront with them with what we wanted to do and essentially 
in discussions with my father, maybe me, you know, me kind of sherping him along in this, we wanted to to maintain as 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 original the watch as possible. Um, especially because when I shared the story before, it was given to my dad by his college roommate, who was a football player at the university that they went to, and he got this watch for free as like a gift from the booster club, you know. And so when my dad gets back from college or from class one day, his buddy just gives him this watch and says, "Take it, whatever." Well, what I found out recently, we hadn't talked about this before, bro, but what I found out recently was my grandfather had had a Rolex and he wore it in the Korean War. And I was always under the impression that my grandfather lost his Rolex in a card game. Well, I just got clarification. <laughs> that wasn't indeed the case. My grandfather won his Rolex in a card game. That's so baller. So he cleaned this dude out. The guy, you know, playing poker or something like that. And this guy had nothing left. So he bet his Rolex. And my grandfather cleaned him out and took his watch. And then uh, karma came to Colin eventually, I guess, because later on in the Korean War, my grandfather was, was, was boarded up somewhere in the snow and he lost the watch in combat in the snow. Oh, wow. But he always talked to my dad about like how this was like the greatest watch he ever owned. So when my father got this watch many years later, he gave it to my grandfather to replace the one that he lost in Korea, um, which is a cool story in and of itself. And uh, eventually the idea was like the watch would come back. And so now that my father has officially taken possession of it as of last Thanksgiving, uh, we sent it out for service. They did a great job and the watch looks amazing. So uh, I know he's over the moon. He's excited about it. And uh, I'm very, very excited for him to to enjoy this watch again. Yeah, and I don't know if you've ever seen any of their examples of like the some of the work they do. Like, not only do they tighten bracelets insanely well, but mm -hmm. they can. I think they do laser welding. Yeah, and... so that was that was one of the things that we had done. Oh because, yeah, really? Yeah, we we had it done because um, we wanted to preserve the the watch as best as possible while still maintaining as much original components as possible. So the bezel was pretty worn because it was a steel bezel and yep. they would like lacquer in the number scale around it. That was pretty heavily worn. Um, but all the original chamfers for the case had been worn away. Because I was going to ask about that because they do a mean chamfer cut. They, they, it, was, it was nasty. It was Razor really, sharp. really, really, really good. Um, and all of that stuff was worn away to time because this was a watch my grandfather never took off. He mowed the grass in it. He was a mailman after the after the the military, so he would deliver the mail in this watch. Like he did every barbecue on this Weber grill, everything that he did, play with his grandkids, was in this watch. And so when my father finally got it, it was beat to hell. It was really, really, really rough. So my dad's like, "Well, I just want to get everything brand new." And I was like, "Well, if we do that, you're going to lose one some of the inherent monetary value of this watch because it is a rare piece." Oh, for but sure. we're not we're not we're never going to sell it. So it doesn't really matter what the value is going to be. But I think we would be doing a disservice and not preserving it as much as much as possible. But my dad's like, you know, I, I still kind of want it to feel like a newer watch. I said, OK, so what we're going to do is we'll do a case restoration and maybe a bezel restoration. But we'll try to maintain the dial, the hands, all that stuff. So it's all original inside. Yeah. And so my dad's like, do it. Like, that sounds great. Let's do it. And. We talked to, to to Mike and his correspondent Ivy as well. She handles a lot of the email communication. Um, and she's like, look, you know, we, we had this assessed. Unfortunately, the bezel is it's too far gone on certain parts of the bezel. We can't redo it. But the case is fine. We'll recut it. We'll laser weld it, especially because my dad's case is drilled lugs. 
And so one of the lug holes was starting to wear through the top of the oh, metal. Wow. And they're like, look, this is a concern. It's not a problem yet, but it will be soon. It's like, we would recommend doing this if you are open to it. I'm said, do it. Let's get it done. I don't want to mess with it. And so they did it. They laser welded everything. They rechampered the entire case, redid the crown guards. I mean, it was, it came back amazing. Crispy. So yeah. yeah, really, really, really good. So if you're on the fence about doing it, um, like Mike always says, trust, trust your rolly to rolly works. That's I mean, it. It's, it's really what it is. So uh, do it. They're fantastic. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, quick news on my end. I, once again, on a whim, I might be in D.C. this weekend for district time. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So funny enough, and probably the most strange watch story I, I'll ever have as far as uh, kind of the, if you know, you know, when you're when you're a married guy and everything. And so yeah. I'm, I'm at work today. And last year, my wife insisted she come with me because I was like, I'm going to go to this thing. It's going to be cool. Came with me or whatever. Yeah. She goes to me, oh, are you going to the thing this year? And I'm like, what? what do you mean? I was like, I didn't plan on it. You know, I know we got a lot going on right now. And she's like, Oh, I got the email. She's like, obviously I can't go, but are you, are you going to go? And I'm like, I didn't really think about it, but now I might. <laughs> I was like, are if you get to twist my arm, uh... I was like, are you giving me the green light to go? Cause I mean, that would be fantastic. So I think, uh, I think I'm going to go. So hopefully I'll be down there cool. Saturday, do a quick little one dare and uh, yeah, check out some cool stuff. Maybe I'll try to, Get on the same page with uh, a few people. Get some sound bites or something. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, if I think, can. Uh, think uh, Mike is going to be there with with C Ward, and I yep. think um, Kelly and Peter are going. Are they? I, I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that they had posted about that. They were. But I know, I know our buddies uh, Akbar will be there from La Sablier. I know. Nice. Yep. I know Haim will be there. I know others i'm trying to think of who else anyway i looked at the the lineup earlier that you know it's you get a lot of of the really kind of newer ones and some smaller ones that you don't get to see too often like last year yeah. that that uh richard harvey one that's kind of like an interesting sort of looks like a panerai very coloristic uh anyway not really that important but you get to see see some neat stuff you don't really get to see very often and and, and it's interesting people actually buy stuff on the spot there so it's cool to look at check out some new stuff Meet some people, shake some hands. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, the buddy at Far and Swit's gonna be there. He he helped us out with our oh, giveaway cool. this year. Yeah, so that was yeah, 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 that was cool. That was where I first met him last year. So that's uh that'll be neat as well. So hopefully if uh we'll have the I'll have this posted tomorrow and you'll have one day's notice. And if you see me, come say hi. <laughs> uh, all right, we got well, if you're there, just stop by and say hi to bro. Yeah, you know. We anyway. don't have any merch, so sorry, but no. uh Maybe one day. We'll take a picture. It'll be cool. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we got some decent new stuff this week. I think probably the one that me- people have talked to me the most about is this new Tissot chronograph. You know, I kind of like it. It's a little nice. It's not too bad. So it's the PR516, which is yeah. my the area code I was raised in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's cool. It's actually a newer version of an, an, an oldie. And mm-hmm. you know what's funny is when ones like these come out, now I get I get tickled to go look for the old one is what happens yeah, I mean, yeah, especially yeah. the old one is a 36 millimeter chronograph so mm-hmm. i'm i'm super interested to to really look at one of those and like you know see the dimensions on it and how how it played out in the original version and then i can kind of assess it on the newer one is how i like to kind of go about it yeah but these ones are in 41 very handsome 
I'm looking at the black one. You know, it's got the orange accents. It's got the the T counterweight on the seconds hand. You get a touch of blue in there. You get a lot of black and white. Yeah. Very handsome. Exhibition case back looks really, really nice. Uh, it's, it's, and it's manual. Yeah, manual wine, 13.7 thick, so not too bad at all for a chronograph in that regard. I mean, I I think this is I think this is hella nice. It is. It's. A, I think it's, it's hella it's nice. nice. I think nice price point is good. I love I love the uh, the the bezel here. You have half tacky, half pulsometer bezel. Yeah, that is nice too. I noticed that. It's really cool. You get you get a little bit of, of the mix of both, and then you know, the great thing about this is you get a cool seventy style watch. You know, it's it's this generation of, of watchmaking was very cool. Um, for a lot of reasons back then, just the style was fantastic. There was a lot of options. And I think this is a cool, it's a cool piece. Now, they did come out with some quartz ones that are similar, but I don't really like those. But this one here in the manual wind, it just looks really, really sharp. And as you mentioned, you know, they've had a couple of the um, BR5, uh, 516s before. Like, this has been an ongoing collection. And I've always kind of had my eye on them for a while, but this is probably the best it's ever looked. Because it looks almost identical, or it's cer certainly in a very similar vein as the original was back in the seventies. So uh, I'm excited to see it. I I think it looks really cool, and you know this is one of those watches at eighteen fifty. It's not inexpensive, but you know for a manual wine chronograph with a high power reserve, you know, good looking style. Like why the hell not? This could be a whim purchase. It could be, especially in this day and age of watches where we always discuss. I remember remember this was this was kind of like Oris's old price point. <laughs> yeah. Right? And now yeah. look at where they are. Yeah, they're like five <laughs> grand. I'm like, uh, maybe I'm not buying an Oris anymore. You know, so things have gotten kind of off the rails, but this is still pretty reasonable. It's a nice watch. You know, and I, I think for somebody who's maybe looking for their first we'll use the quotes, nice watch. Yeah. It could be one, you know, it could be an only watch for somebody, somebody who just look, is looking for a sporty, something that looks sharp, but not yeah. too dressy. I can, I can see it. I, I could see recommending this to someone. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it'll be a great new, new watch and it gets you in the chronos, which is a complication yeah. that most of us do not start with when they, we first get into watches, but this makes it price accessible for, for a lot of people. I mean, 18, 1850, again, not a big amount of money, but certainly not a small amount of money either, right? I think it's a fair price for for a um, manual line chronograph. And given the size specs, okay, 41, but you know, like you said, the, the profile is relatively thin. This could be a whim purchase, and it, and it looks cool. Like it, It's a watch that people would be like, dude, that's, that's a sick watch. Um, so I think once it hits, I mean, you, right now on Tissot's website, you can add the basket. So yep. um, buy it. I think it looks sick, so you should do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking one of these out when I can. That'll that'll be fun. Well, Get some I'm of that sure, 70s. I'm sure the I'm sure the boutique on uh, Fifth Ave or or uh, Times Square. I think is it is there another one Times Square? I know there's swatches, but I know there's a Tissot one on Fifth Ave. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have it already. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the brand that everybody likes to make a joke about whenever they come up with a new one because they know your affinity for it. Uh, Unimatic has partnered oh, with Betonardi, which is a company that produces putters and wedges. I I can't even keep trying. And does golf stuff. <laughs> it's a non-factor. It's a non-starter for me. It's another collab because they are the king of collabs. 
And it's a riff of their diver with the company's logo and some golf stuff on the Italian face. golf meets Italian watch. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know. And I was jokingly, I was jokingly talking with you about how this was also going to be year of the golf collabs because we just had the 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 tag Hoyer and yeah. whatever. They're like the connected golf or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like this is this is silly and dumb. Um, yeah, I mean, cool. It's a unimatic with golf stuff. There's two versions, both limited editions of 50 pieces because they're also the king of limited editions. This says sold out already. <laughs> Good for them. Probably sold to all the employees, so whatever. Non-factor. Next. Uh, one that I like, a brand that we admire, I think, on this show quite a bit. Nomos is releasing two new club campus models. So previously we've seen sort of the sherbet color. We've seen the purple. We've seen the yep. pink. They were gracious enough to give me to give away that time. That was awesome. Thank uh, you. We're now, we're now getting a very bright and aggressive red and blue yes. as, known as nonstop red and endless blue appropriately because they are in your face. Like think about if Hawaiian punch sponsored watches, it would be this. No, honestly, that's <laughs> that's honestly probably the best description for this because this really is like a Hawaiian punch red. And this really is like a it's almost like the Gatorade, like the you know, glacier blue. Yeah, it is. It's kind of it's kind of that color. So I think they're great. I think they're great. Um, you know how we feel about Nomos. These are clubs. The club has always been my favorite of the Nomos awesome. models. As I've said before, and I've echoed this a lot, and I've seen it come up more and more in comments about these watches from owners. They just gotta redo the lugs, man. That is, I think, the biggest, the biggest downfall for Nomos right now. Now they do they do offer these in 36 and 30. Okay, do, do they? Yeah, 36 and 38. Okay, good. Okay. Cause the, all, everything that I had saw had seen was only in 38. So um if that's the case, for everyone out there, if you have an average size wrist i'd say probably six and a half to maybe seven three quarters somewhere in there if you got an average size wrist go with the 36 the lugs are long enough that it's going to make that watch wear bigger if you go 38 it's going to feel like a 40 um it's i it, will it just, lugs are i too will long. i will echo that having tried out the one that they sent me i will say that, that is 100 percent spot on. yeah yeah it's 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 if you're looking for that kind of classic sports dress size Go to 36 because the dial being as big as it is because there's almost no bezel yeah, and the lugs being as long as they are, it's going to wear more like a 38 in the 36 size and 38 is going to wear like a 40. So that's always been my biggest knock with Nomos. I love their stuff, but you got to size down unless you are a big dude. Like if you're a big guy, then you can rock their Nomos 40s and 41s because those are even bigger, you know, but uh, for, for the average person, go with the 36. Yeah, agree on that. And I just, I, I just love what they do. They're, they're I fun. Know. And, and speaking of pr like pricing, I mean, these aren't exactly cheap. But I was actually looking at some of these, the ones I was talking about before, like the purple and the orange ones. Mm -hmm. Man, you can get them on the secondary market for like a grand. Yeah, because like right watches now, that's like nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, even right now. Okay, let's put it this way: the NS Blue thirty eight sixteen fifty. Okay, it's two hundred dollars less than the Tissot Chrono yep. we just yes, talked about, but sixteen fifty is 
not a bad price point from a brand with an incredible design language with an incredible you know like cult following and they're all it's, uh, in house no for for the most part yes yeah. i believe so um you know but that's that's a great price and and for an entry watch which is really what this is marketed for it's why it's called the campus uh, it was really like for like college students and and graduates and that kind of thing first professionals uh, I think this is a this is again it's a whim it could be a whim purchase sixteen hundred bucks is not is not a big ask for most people to, to to purchase. And I like that they let you choose between solid or see through case back. Yeah, for engraving it, purposes. Exactly, exactly right. Because they want you to engrave the watch, which I think is even cooler. Allows you to do a personal touch and, and make something truly special for birthday, anniversary, wedding, present, whatever it might be. So. Kudos to to Nomos. Another another cool launch. Um, I'm just excited for whatever is going to be their next evolution. Because I think they're due. I think they're due to come out with something really different. I could see that. I mean, they have a couple. They have a world timer. They have a couple yeah, neat, but, I mean, neat but things. Do, but I'm but just saying, yeah, you're, but those aren't the big ones. You know, no. like the like the 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 Zurich, the Lux, the the Lambda. Yeah, I was going to say watches, that Lambda with the skinny hands. Yeah, that's a cool one. They're cool, but like those aren't the bread and butters. Your bread and butter is the Orion, it's the Tangente, yep, the Metro, and and the Club, right? Maybe the Ahoy, but that's a big boy. Like the Ahoy is yeah. a big watch. Um, but those are kind of your your normal ones that most people are gonna gonna kind of gravitate towards. Um, I think that they're they're due for something really cool. I don't know what that is yet. I mean, honestly, I would love to see a Nomos Chrono. Give me like a different complication. Because you've done a dress watch so well. You started to dip your feet into the sport watch with the Ahoy. But give me a real diver. Give me a Chrono. Give me a real GMT. Something that you can do within your design language. Yeah, and they have some pretty interesting ways of representing little complications like that. Like they use the little circle, yeah. right? They don't do everything so traditionally, which I like about them. Exactly. They and, they do uh, it well, man. They do it well. Yeah, I just he, I know that they that they can do it because that that the 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 metro is the one that you were talking about with the little power reserve indicator. Yep. Yeah, it's neat. It was awesome. It's just a funky way to do a power reserve, and I like it. So, yeah. I want to see them do something different. Yep. Yep. All right. Here's an interesting one. Speaking of different, and this is one that I just happened to stumble across, and I don't know what quantities these these exist in, but Citizen. And Japanese luggage brand Porter from, I guess, uh, I don't know what Yoshida bag is, but they've collaborated on a GMT model. Uh, the product number is 386-19831. It's a black dial with orange GMT hand. It's got a world time bezel. It's 42 millimeters, 13.3 thick B877 caliber is utilized, it says. Um, it's uh, an interesting looking watch. It, it comes on a fabric strap. It's got some big markers. It you know it looks a lot like a diver if you were yeah. squinting your eyes at it. But it's it's an aggressive looking GMT in like a, a diver casing. But it's it it's nice. It's got a a big crown on it. Mm-hmm. it it's made to be I guess an adventure watch, an explorer yeah. watch, and it, it's it looks good. It's like I said, it's very sort of masculine and, and tough and 
I guess it's for the the outdoor explorer traveler type, but it's yeah, it's it's like it's like Gear Patrol had had a baby with Citizen. It's yeah, kinda, I can see that. It's kind of the, the vibe one. I'm getting, right? Like that's the one. You, you got the um, you got like a like you said the world time bezel. It's all kind of in this like James Stacy aesthetic, right? The silver on silver. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Um, world time bezel. You get a very knurled crown, which looks fantastic. You get a little bit of like an explorer esque dial with the bright orange GMT hand. Obviously, it's a quartz GMT, but it looks cool. It's on a it's on a two color NATO strap with the kind of the big D ring style NATO uh, keepers. You know, I think it's I think it's cool, man. Like I I don't dislike the watch in any way. I think it would be a great like hiking watch or outdoor watch, field watch, especially if you're looking for like a beater. Travel you know, watch now that everybody's so watch. scared to travel with their watches. Like this would be a cool low key piece that you could throw on and and just let it run, you know, and and have no no worries about it getting damaged or anything like that. It's just going to continue to 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 work for you. Um, and I think that that's cool. I think that that's really really cool. So I like it. As you said, it was a pretty masculine design. I agree with that. Um. I'm looking here too, bud, and I think that they've done a few of these actually in the past. Really? I mean, well, like yeah. I said, I kind of just stumbled across this one. Yeah, there was a previous version for the 100th anniversary. It was a GMT as well. Um, dial is slightly different because the original one had numerals. This one has like more of the Rolex style. Uh, and they did like an all blacked out version on the bracelet with the, with the numeral dial. So they, I guess they've done a few of these before. I like this strap, not only because it's multicolored, but it, they put their branding on it, but it doesn't look cheesy. It's like a nice patch. Yeah. It's just blue and white. It reminds me, it reminds me of like the like the old like like Jansport backpacks, like where you had like the patch. It was like the symbol of quality, you know? Like you would go to school and like if you had a Jansport like backpack, like you you Maybe it was just it was me. just no. It was that you had that okay. patch on the back. The <laughs> one like, everybody like, had a Jansport back. Well, you did if you if you were somebody, right? Or at least you thought you did, you were somebody, right? Uh, that was kind of like the nineties things. Like you had the nice suede bottom with the yep. Jansport logo on it, uh, and it was like that was a symbol of quality. You know, it's like that nineties like patch era where everything had like a logo sewn onto it. Yeah, this Very is cool. what I imagine came on all like the LL Bean Hamiltons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? Like, if, if you think like an LL Bean like pullover with like the little patch on the yeah. on the chest, you know, like that—that's exactly what this is like. An old Eddie Bauer sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool though, cool little find. You know, just something I stumbled across like that. Those are the things that I like to talk about because you're never gonna hear about them most of the time. No, nobody in the mainstream is gonna is gonna bring it up and if they do it's because they listen to us and they're like, "Ooh, we should go find like, that. Oh, talk let me, about let me, it." Let me let me run this out there. Yeah. They, they pulled the the wool over my eyes. Yeah. All right, let's go to another uh, group of people that we're big fans of. Uh Ferrer has yes. sort of revamped their travel watch. Their uh I believe it's World Timer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it a World is. Timer. And uh it's it's in a nice uh, little package here. 39 mils by 11 thick. Like that is very nice. Yeah, it's 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 like it's 100 meters Salida SW330 Elaborate movement. Ooh, fancy. Uh-huh. So, and again, comes in 1695, really not too shabby. And yeah. it's got sort of their own little take on the World Timer, which is always cool, right? They have very much their own styling. You've got sort of the inner uh 24-hour 
with day and night. And then the outside is the cities. And then you have your, your alternating numerals. You got a date. It's a, and then you got a, a, a nice little globe uh, aesthetic going on there. Yeah. It looks, it looks really, really, really sharp. And uh, I love the green color scheme of this, um, especially the one that they've kind of like, you know, showcase everywhere. Yeah, that's the one I've seen, but there are three, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 did a couple models. Um, so I like it. Uh, what's funny though, and I I don't think anybody's gonna notice this, but when I was looking at this, I I only noticed this because again, you guys know how I feel about Omega and 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 my love for the brand. Um, what I thought was very interesting is when you look at the bottom of the 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 logo here right london is an alternate color yep i did notice right? that now what's interesting about that is because london is not typically on a on a world timer typically it's greenwich okay because that's where the world time zone code is right gmt correct greenwich meantime so omega's world timer says london as well and what's even more interesting is in lieu of paris the Omega World Timer says BN, which is the home of Omega. Yeah, I didn't know in that. Switzerland. If you look at the World Timer that Chris, that that Ferrer did, they have London and then they have BN as well. That is interesting. So I'm like, did they just like look at the Omega World Timer? Like that's what we're gonna make, boys. <laughs> and they were, like came out with like a cheaper version of it, which is cool. You know, it looks awesome and it's completely different. But it's just funny that they use BN. Because most world timers are going to use Paris. Yeah. Which is the, the normal city. Yeah, it's a city. major city, yeah. It's a major city. Omega used BN because that's where they're that's where they're based on. <laughs> so I saw that and I was like I wonder huh. if it's a nod. You know, it's always interesting when you have sort of uh, smaller and more independent groups doing things that you never yeah. know what's going on behind the scenes. Like you never know if maybe like an employee used to work someplace or you, you just don't know yeah i just i just when i saw that i was like that you know is, what if that is too funny yeah unfortunately i don't think they're there this weekend but i guess i'll <laughs> save it for october when i run into them again i'll i'll run it by them i'll be like hey it's like, it's like hey i noticed end? something <laughs> it's like that's not paris bro <laughs> and then is it is it bn that like the alternate there's like an alternate name for it as bl yeah, it's, it's bl yeah it's right it's yeah dependent the, on the german or the french right yeah Mike Stockton had a funny running joke with me about it, uh, having a double name, and it was, it was a whole thing. But yeah, BLBN, yeah, I remember yeah. that. It's just it's just weird because like I've been I've been there, I've seen the like the Omega Museum and stuff, and like there's nothing else there, you know, in BN. So it's yeah. like an old Rolex building that is not occupied by any Rolex employee, but they still keep like they 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 own it, so it has like a giant Rolex crown on it. And then obviously Omega, but Christopher Ward, or I'm sorry, Ferrer is not there because they're they're in England. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of weird that they use BN. So I'm wondering if like someone's like, all right, we need to create a world timer. Like this is a very popular world timer. Let's do this one. And they're like, they got the cities wrong. Or if they're just like, yeah, whatever. We just don't like Paris. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, that's funny. And one thing, I don't know if you've seen the loom on these. These are Oh, it's insane. insane. It's nuts. It's nuts. But that that's in typical fair fashion, man. Like the they, they are loom monsters. Indices logo, outer ring with the cities on it. Yeah. Inner ring with the hours on it. 
basically everything except the main dial and the globe light up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is pretty sick. It's 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 awesome. And again, for sixteen ninety five is is pretty it's remarkable. Hard it's hard to beat. Pretty remarkable. So yeah, it's a it's a nice piece. Uh, definitely a very very cool watch. If you can get your hands on one, go do it. Because I mean, you guys know how we feel about uh, we feel about fair. And I gotta say, they were very very nice. Yeah, I I imagine so. I imagine so, man. Um, I think this is last up. Uh, another one I kind of stumbled across, and this one caught my eye because the color scheme on the one I saw was kind of just out there, and I I enjoyed it. Um. Imperial Watch Co. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, has put mm-hmm. out an Ocean Guard GMT, and yes. they're they're all black dials. But you got a Pepsi, you got a Pepsi with a white dial. Sorry, they're not all black dials. Um, you got one with sort of the uh, teal and blue Seattle Mariners look to it, and then you have one that is how they describe fuchsia and cyan. And this yeah. is like so it's like that awkwardy greenish blue and that fuchsia color that everybody hunts in old Pepsi Rolexes. Rolex, yep, yep. And it's just a very interesting combination. And it, it, it struck me and I was like, this is kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got their look to it. If, if you're familiar with them, they do a lot of like big triangles and, and a lot of geometry. And this one's a GMT. It's got a red GMT hand with a, a gold tipped arrow on it. They got a, uh, I guess the, yeah, there'll be a martini olive second hand on this one. Little, yeah. Yeah. Little dated six. And, uh, you know, they got not too much, text on the dial again the, the logo throws me a little bit being slanted but I, I i don't i don't know if it would stop me from buying one it's just it just catches you, my eye all the time you know it's like, it's, eh. it's it, it's funny i have a buddy of mine that's in one of our local watch groups and uh he had one he has an imperial uh imperial watch co and it i think it's the royal guard which is like their diver it's kind of like in the same vein as like a black bay in style yeah, right yeah um but i got to see one the sizing was great. Um, the the finishing was was pretty good for a watch in you know under five hundred bucks or whatever. I think these are four fifty five hundred dollars depending on the model. Yep. Um, and it was it was really nice. It was really really nice. I was glad I got the the, the chance to take a look at it and and see it. And I would be you know very happy to see one of these in person as well because they look cool. I love the geometry. I I'm okay with the with the slanted logo because you know what I, I, know I realized. Vintage watches used to do that too. It could be an interesting thing now that I think about it. Right when you look, oftentimes you're not looking at your wrist perfectly perpendicular. Yeah, and if you're, you're doing looking it, at it sideways, doing it a little bit at an angle, that might be a straight logo on a crooked watch. <laughs> exactly. That's interesting. <laughs> but it just looks cool. I mean, like, why not have a have a watch with a different logo? You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh, it's cool, and it, and these are kind of like Rolex homage pieces or like old Tudor pieces. Um, they also kind of look like the um, what is it the the scaphograph or something like that. Um, there was an old diver that that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly which um, one you're talking about. It. Um, yes, we talked about it before on the pod. Yes. And it had it had these big aggressive Correct. indices on it. I Correct. do remember it. It is something yeah. like that scaphograph. Yeah, it, I think it, that's it, it. I think that's it. I, I I just searched it. I didn't see it. So maybe no. Okay, I'm right. It's it, it's Eberhard. Eberhard and Co. that was the one. Eberhard. Yep. Eberhard and Co. Scaphograph. And it's funny. It's like if you go back and look, the Eberhard and Co. logo on the old scaphographs is slanted. Well, there you go. 
so there's the there's a direct inspiration for for some of these these pieces in the in the the royal guard models but i you know i like it i think it's cool i think they're mostly like 38 39 millimeter size from what i can remember and they wear well they look cool so why the hell not yeah yeah no i'm not going out to hunt down a vintage scaff graph yeah so. certainly not <laughs> but yeah cool and watch just something other uh a little something interesting that we stumbled across that that only is only going to fuel our fire here but Nevada was teasing something. Oh yeah, that it it had something to do. I can't remember the wording. It had something to do with space, but it wasn't a space watch. It had they had the the little comet in the comment, and I was like, more meteorite, mm -hmm. year of the mm -hmm. meteorite. Here we go. It's happening, bro. It's like you called it. We we've called it on the episode. So I mean the. Their chronograph would look pretty darn good with a meteorite dial. Yeah, but this looks like it's going to be an F seventy seven with a with a meteorite dial. That would but... also be quite sexy, given that yeah. it's sort of that kind of Royal Oaky vibe. But it's kind of funny. It's like the constellation just came out with a meteorite dial. It's kind of in that same like angular case. Yeah, have. yeah, you're right. You're right about it's, that. It's uh, it's like oh man, that is true. It's like you you also have to think about sometimes when you when you're doing this because like a lot of these projects are planned like a year or two out, you know. Right. It is interesting like, how you get sort of that convergent yeah. like the it's like could you imagine like damn it? You <laughs> almost wonder if if like you know the purveyors or I don't know what who who would be working with a lot of these different brands like plant these seeds and they're like, Oh yeah, dude, not nah, yeah, totally meteorite. Like, you know, we used to have we used to have a lot of people come by and they'd be like, Oh yeah, the hot thing this year is whatever, you know, like some cut of meat or something wild, some some piece of fish, yeah, Arctic yeah. char, you know, something out there. Everyone's eating tri-tips now, all right? You know, tri -tips yeah, are the exactly. Same. And but they're peddling it to every single bunch. And so every time they go to people go to a different place, they're like, Oh, tri-tip, here it is. And you're like, Yeah, oh, this isn't that special. Everybody's doing this now, but like yeah. Oh, we had it first. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a weird thing, and I and I'm wondering if that's it's all it's all Gerald Genta. He's doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's him. It's his his uh his uh his body from from beyond the grave is 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 magically pulling all the strings for all this, which I wouldn't be surprised. I just picture like Futurama where they have like the head. It's just like the head in, in the case, <laughs> floating in the water solution. Like, you're gonna do this. My disembodied head is still a watch designer, and I have more watch designing prowess in my disembodied head than you've ever possessed in your entire body. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, his designs are still fire, though. I'm not gonna. Oh, like, I mean, there's no denying it. It's just it is what it is, bro. There it's is like everyone some, else sucks. There is he's, no. Denying. He's the goat. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you know what? That's funny. That kind of talks to. Um, uh, a slight segue into into what we were talking about before yes. we got on air here and um you know he's definitely part of that that golden age of watches and it's definitely made a comeback but it, it's weird you know when it, when things were starting to really come back like that it was it was probably around that 15 16 17 maybe even 18 and you know that the sport watch really caught back on but it's it's been a weird transition and we, we were talking about it before the show where during those days it felt a little bit more like things in the hobby were just a little more enthusiast driven and i yeah, know yeah. i know it's been expanded and that was a lot of people's goals were to expand it as big as it could be and to bring in as many people as possible but for me 
it feels like it has shifted significantly into not only bringing in new people, but creating just a more impulsive customer, a more uh, flavor of the week type styling yeah, where you're, yeah, you're just yeah. getting, okay, what is it now? Okay. It's GMTs. Okay. It's meteorite. Okay. It's, it's whatever it might be, you know, and, and we've seen that we've seen Pepsi bezels. We've seen colors get hot. We've seen, and, and it's just, it's thrown in your face, then it's gone. And then here's the next thing and it's yeah. everywhere. And this is, this is the it, right. It thing. And, and it, it, everything drops in a limited edition, right. Availability is always a, a, a key attribute that people ask when they see a new watch, they talk about, is it available? Is it boutique only? Is it yeah, edition? Yeah. Right. And then you're seeing these things like sometimes we have just drops, right. Where a, a watch will drop and it's like, here it is. You can either come get it or sometimes you can order it online and then it's gone. And you it's just created this sort of impulsivity. And, you know, you used to see it a little bit back when Hodinkee used to drop their vintage stuff on Wednesdays. It yeah. would sell out real quick. Oh my god! It was it was like almost to the point where it was like you don't even like you wouldn't even bother checking because if you saw the post in five minutes had gone by, you, you knew everything was gone. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's 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 interesting because you're absolutely right. It's like this whole drive for this this corporatism, and we've touched on this a little bit before, but it's just like this idea that everything is just it has to happen so fast, and it's like this FOMO phenomenon is just insane yeah and that's sort of what i was thinking was the shift from enthusiasm to consumerism is sort of the way it feels right where yeah. now it's focused on what you know what are you buying what do you get next what it's it's very based on purchases and like i said impulsivity right just making decisions going after it, right you, you used to like almost like court a watch. Remember those days when you used to be like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've gone, I've tried it on twice. I think I feel good about it. I'm still yeah. weighing my decisions right now. It's like, do you want this damn thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's honestly how it is. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, I, I just recently bought a watch and you know, that was kind of, you know, what, uh, what transpired with my, with my Aqua Terra purchase. You know, I had put some feelers out there to some of my contacts and, you know, everybody was, was knew I wanted this, this version of the, the Aquaterra, the Terracotta. And I said, look, man, if you have nobody on your list, you got nobody left to call, call me and I'll, and I'll buy it. And so the guy calls me and says, look, man, you know, I'm, I'm your friend, like happy to sell you the watch, but he's like, I got three orders behind you. So if you're ready, like now's the time, like. I'll ring it right now, you know, and he, you're like, okay, like, here, here we let's go. do this, you know, it's like, but there was no, like, going into the store and, like, trying it on and, you know, hoping it's the right one, you know, it's a little heavy, so maybe it'll be better if we take the links out, you know, like, like you said, courting the watch, that does not exist anymore, it's like, here's the phone call, get off your ass and come buy this thing, or it's going to be gone. Yeah, it's taken a bit of the like next. the as corny as it sounds, it's taken a little bit of like the romance out of it. Yeah. And 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 I and I think I think how you how you phrase it is, is exactly correct because I remember when I was much younger and I got into watches and I would go into the store and there would be nobody there and you could try on a watch, you could talk with the salespeople, you could yeah. really immerse yourself in the experience. And a lot of that is gone. 
One, because the salespeople don't want to talk to you anymore because they think you're a time <laughs> waster. You know, they think you're a time waster, which, you know, depending on your age, you could very well be. But, you know, that's part of the problem. That's why everything's so it's so driven on this new consumer that is like it's a fly by night consumer. They're loyal when when they want exactly what you have. But the moment you don't have what they want, they don't care about you. They're not trying to continue a relationship or continue to bond with the team or the salespeople or whatever and and make that relationship grow. You know, it's 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 uh it's very strange. And we've all fed into it. We've all played the games. You know? We've all got on imaginary wait lists. We've all, you know, contacted all the dealers under the sun and, you know, tried to get these mythological pieces that are just pieces. You know, I, I, I remember the days, and it seems like a distant memory now, but I remember when you could go physically try on a Submariner. Yeah, I do And too. buy one. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have to, like, it wasn't an exhibition piece. And it's so weird that, that so many of these young collectors have never even experienced that. You know it what sucks. I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, how, how many times in your life did you try on an Explorer? Or uh, like a polar, or like a you know a sub. It's like they were there in the showcase. I remember, yeah, I remember. I remember trying on a sky dweller. I, I mean, it was just there. It was there. It was just like, yeah, let's try this thing on. It's big and crazy. Then why not? And and this is crazy. Like, this is almost ten years ago. Like ten years ago, I distinctly remember the most difficult Rolex to get was a was a was a Daytona. Yeah, yes. everything else was available. Twenty fifteen. So when the when the new Daytona came out, it was the 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 John Mayer and Ben Clymer. They had their like emergence fest, an ode to the Daytona, and they both got it and they got to go buy it together. And I was like, it was this weird like love triangle. Bromance. It, it was it was a little bit more intimate than a bromance. It oh, was boy. like, oh, we get to buy our Daytonas together. Ooh, it was like it was very little, very. Little I remember reading the article, and it was like, yeah, it was like a little his and his like side piece <laughs> action. Very strange. Anyway, I remember they wrote this article about how much they loved the new white the Daytona with the ceramic bezel and all this stuff. And this was 2015. Yeah. That was the most difficult watch to get. Okay, and back then, they were selling for astronomical prices. They were over $21,000 back then. Yeah. And I think the retail was like twelve or thirteen. dollars uh, It certainly wasn't what it is now. But that was the only watch that was difficult. Yeah, I remember my local dealer had both the white gold Pepsi and Batman. Yeah. Always, always there. Just chilling. Because nobody wanted to buy those watches. They were too expensive for most for most dealers. Right. You had a very, very, very specific clientele that would buy those watches. But you had to stock them. You know? The watches that most of these dealers were selling were um, they were selling blacked out subs, date, no date, maybe the occasional date just. But the watches that really everyone wanted was sub and and the GMT master. Like your your Batman's, oh God. Like that was a hard watch to get, was a Batman back in the day. When that first came out, that was like a ridiculously difficult watch to get. But even the standard like black bezel GMT, like people wanted it. It was yeah, just a, I remember it was just a the easy Hulk selling. was not cool, man. The Hulk was I had everyone hated the I Hulk. had a dealer who would I expressed interest in one before it was popular. Like, you want to buy this? And they called me from New Jersey and were like, we, you can come pick it up now. 
Yeah, it's like get it out of my showcase. Exactly. It was it was no. really that. I mean, I've I've heard stories of 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 old contacts and stuff that they told me it's like, dude, we were selling Hulks at like ten percent off, fifteen percent off because we couldn't get rid of them. Nobody wanted this ugly Kelly Green Irish Green watch. And then all of a sudden, someone made it cool, and it just it became the thing. It was the money watch. You know what I mean? Like everyone who's rich had a green green Submariner. You didn't have a black one because that's what the poor's had. You had a green one. You know, it was it was just a it, color change. That's all it was. It's all marketing. But it, it's it's so weird that that's not the case today. That I can't go into a Rolex store anywhere on on God's green earth and try on a physical watch. I have to try on an exhibition piece, and then hope to God I can build enough relationship with these people where they will call me for this watch. It's so weird. You know, before they used to court you, they're like, oh yeah, come on in, spend as much time as you want. You know, we want we want to to get to know you better so we can reach out to you in the future and we can get you to buy this watch. Now it's like, hey man, if you don't come in and you don't show interest to us, we know you're not serious. So we're definitely not going to call you. Like it's a very weird backwards thing. And I don't know, it just makes the industry boring. So there's there's that. And then the other thing that struck me as sort of weird, because this this is sort of a it's not really a youngster hobby. It's no. it's for a lot of old souls. And I don't mean that age wise. I mean, personality wise. Yeah. 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 Right. I am astonished at the sort of tech trends and things that have arisen. Like I'm what. Hodinky create uh, editors now have TikToks. You know what you I know. mean? It's wild. Stupid. Like Instagram was a big enough step where you would take a picture and you'd have to learn how to post it. And, you know, somebody, they would throw a filter on it. Oh my gosh, you swipe left or right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big enough step. Now we've got, we've got these people pitching TikToks to you and you're just like, what is going on here? Like this it's, is. It's so weird to me. And it's. And the thing is, is like all the people that are on TikTok, they're all selling watches. Like that's it's yeah, it's that like, is true. That is an interesting it, aspect. There's there's not a single substantive person that I have seen or I've come across. Now I'm a fucking got to bleep that, but I'll, I'm I'm a boomer by by today's modern tech standards. Even though I'm not, I'm a millennial. <laughs> but you know, I get my TikToks through Instagram stories, like every yes, other like millennial. Else. You know. Um, and Who has decided uh, TikTok is we're too old for that? It, it, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. And, and the other thing too is it's cringe. Like it's it is so cringe. it's so cringe. I'm not gonna lie. Seeing the little head pop up in the corner and and gab at you in the same voice. They're like, if you want a is... watch that'll satisfy this, uh, you should try this. And you're like, <laughs> I'm like, wh why? And sometimes and they have it, the, the words popping up at you left and right. Yeah, you're like, I'm like, oh, I can I can hear. I don't need to to, to, to have a seizure. And yeah, I'm like I'm not reading subtitles. You know what I mean? Like. It's it's just too much, and all the takes are just like completely whacked out for the sake of engagement. It feels like they just went like I was telling you before. It feels like they went down. They took, went to somebody who has a popular YouTube, and just went down their topic list, and they're like, okay, ten seconds on that, ten seconds on that, ten seconds on that. I got to use my hands when I talk. I got to yeah. push them together and look intellectual. Let me get a nice background. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> and and can can you please explain to me what is with like 
holding the like oh, the, hold the microphone or or the little wireless having the mic in the shot is weird to me. Yeah, like it's, it's one like, thing if it's a stand up mic because then it 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 doesn't feel as weird, but holding the mic has always been weird. To me. No, it, it. I mean, people can hear you. Like people can hear you on your phone. You don't need to put the iPhone mic like in your mouth for us to hear you clearly. If that's the case and people can't hear you, buy a Rode mic. Like just go get a lapel mic and like every other normal person. You know, but it's just it's so strange to me. This whole it's trendy, you know. It, it it's just weird, man. It's and it's so it's so cringe. It's so inauthentic. And I think that's what it is. It's like Brands are paying for this stuff or people are putting it out there because they think that they're trying to attract Gen Z. And we discussed this last week. And Gen Z doesn't get Gen Z crap. does not. Yeah. If there was a market, if they, if somebody gave me the entire spectrum of the markets and who's not going to buy your watches, I would say Gen Z. Now, Gen Z has a lot of purchasing capital in most cases. In some cases, they have more purchasing power than even previous generations. But the, the one thing that I know for a fact is they are so flighty when it comes to anything. Okay? If it's not designer, if it's not something that's going to be impactful, if it's not going to be the showpiece, they they don't care. It, 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 they're they're going to be perfectly fine spending $1,000 on Louis Vuitton sneakers. They're going to be out of season in six months. And then they're going to buy a new pair. But if you're an established watch brand with a history, they don't care about you. Because you're not trendy. You know, and that's the whole thing with Gen Z is they're so unbelievably trendy. They're trendy to the point where everything that has existed or is long lasting is somehow not trendy to them. I honestly believe that's why Cartier has made such a big comeback. Why is that? They become just posh. I mean, it's true. Like the influencers have pushed it, and that I think that is who's buying it. Yeah. I mean, chicks look sexy in a panther. You know what I mean? They look. They could look good in a Cartier tank. But even the bros, even the bros are buying. But but that's the thing. Where does that come from? That's that's what I think. You know, because I, I don't see Cartier on TikTok. What I see is them doing advertising with young people looking sexy in their advertising. That's a very different thing. Any brand can do that. But that doesn't make it revolutionary to TikTok. I see a lot of the influencers pushing Cartier. Well, there's maybe something that, that uh, you know, Richemont's doing behind the curtain that might be influencing that. Could be because I even I, I had a discussion with a, a listener, actually, not that a week ago, maybe. And they were like, oh, you know, like I was I was asked me a question. I was just chatting with them and they're like, oh, you know, I really appreciate like your response or whatever. Like, you know, you seem like you're just being like honest and genuine. Like I met someone recently and they just tried to like like they tried to convince me to buy a Cartier. And I'm like, that, that's not my thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's just what they do now. They just tell you that's what that's what it is. <laughs> and see, that's so weird because like. The Cartier timepiece is literally the complete polar opposite of the watch enthusiast timepiece. It's a weird dichotomy. I'll say that much. I mean, because if you, if you think about it for, uh, and this is only up until just recently, Cartier wasn't even producing largely mechanical movements right. in many of their watches. And still some of their most popular watches are all still quartz. 
The only one that really has upped their mechanical watch game has been the Santos. Santos, yeah. That's it. It's been the Santos. And quite frankly, to me, that watch is hideous. I like the smaller one. I'm going to be honest with you. If I was going to get a Santos, I'd get a Santos Dumont. Like, that's the one I would get. Because when I look at the new Santos, it's got this, like, extra fat, like, bezel surround. I don't know, man. I, just, I, I look at it, it, lo- it, it looks, looks, it looks it a little looks extra. Bloated. It looks it, bloated. Yeah, it, it looks like somebody took the older one and just tried to make it futuristic. Yeah. To me. Like, the, the previous I know Santos, a lot of people are fans of that. It's just not my cup of tea. The previous Santos from like the 80s and 90s yeah, with that smaller case profile in the bezel, money, money. But that's also when they were mechanical still too. Then they transitioned into only cords. Yeah, it's something you'd see like like Gordon Gecko would wear that. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was like a Wall Street power watch. Because not only was it an expensive watch, it was a Cartier, you know, and it was a jewelry piece. Right. But I'm looking right now, dude, like a Santos Dumont. Steel case, large model, on a leather strap. It's forty two hundred dollars. Quartz. Yep. I'm like, who's buying this? I can I can think of a lot of other watches that I'm going to spend forty two hundred dollars on that could be a dress watch. Yeah, but it's not a fashion piece. It's not fashion. And that's just a weird thing, because even like on Houdinki, we've been seeing these like lookbook things, like how yep. to style your Cartier. I'm like, yep. what? It's like, oh, you're gonna wear this this super sophisticated Cartier. It's five thousand dollars with these ultra posh ugly sneakers. I'm like, no, I'm not. You're not getting the uh, the gold uh, Air Trumps. I mean, like, like <laughs> you caught that this week? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was funny as hell. <laughs> it's like, no way. <laughs> What's funny is the guy from Luxury Bazaar bought it. Yeah, that was a that was yeah. I'm like that is that is hilarious. But, but then he made a video. He's like, I don't give a shit what anybody. He's like, I just collect sneakers. I'm like, okay. That was funny. Fat Joe got a pair too. Oh yeah, who would have thought? Joe, Fat Joe got a pair, and everyone's been trolling him because he's like, I'm not a Trump fan. No, Trump fan. He's like, I just like sneakers. He's like, I had to buy these because these are limited edition. I was like, take. Yeah. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> Okay, whatever. I mean, I don't care where you line up politically, but it's just kind of funny to see everyone just come out and torch this dude over some some gold some gold plated sneaks. I should say gold painted sneaks. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just this whole thing is so is so odd. Like, it's all fashion. It's not watches anymore. And it's uh, have you seen these this style of these are, I guess they're like engagement generators, right? These are like useless posts that people make that just are just for the sake of engage. Like, all right, let me throw one at you. And I used to see a lot with like sports posts where they have like the top tier would be like LeBron, MJ, Kobe. It would be $5. Mm-hmm. The middle tier would be like um, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Shaq. And then they would be $3. And the bottom tier would be like, I don't know, your shooters, like your, uh, or like, Steph Curry, Steve Nash, whatever. And that would yeah, be one dollar. Yeah. And they'd be like, make a team for nine dollars. You yeah, know, and then yeah, you could yeah. take three of the middle guys, or you could take, you know, and it, it, either way, it's just the idea is to make people argue in the comments section. We're yeah, we're getting that now. I don't know if you've seen them. We're getting that. It, it, it's it's horrible. It's, it's like build the three build the three watch collection. It's the same thing. And I'm like, oh, these are time wasters to generate comments. 
Yeah. Which generates engagement. This is so weird. Which generates engagement, which generates artificial clicks, which generates monetary revenue because of the amount of traffic that they're getting to their website. That's like, the, that's what that's what like they're trying to the, push now. It's the watch that's changing uh watches at a super fast pace and like screenshot and then po- post whatever one you got and it's like uh, okay. Yeah, yeah because they, they want you to, they what, want you to they want you to double click and actually like the did. photo. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to double click and like the photo. I mean, it's like I'm entirely this is the day. I'm this like, is where we're at. Like this is where it, it, it's where watch journalism has has gone. Now I'll is, say it's, it's truly I'll, sad. I'll say it's not all terrible. Like like I still I don't know if you've seen Fratello does a segment called Exploring the Evergreens, where like mm-hmm. they go through just a lot of like the cool classics that are like they they go into why they're neat, why they're special, what makes them evergreen you know a, a classic something cool i think the re- most recent one was a, a kermit like the old okay. kermit yeah but like they they review neat watches from you know a, l- a lot of them aren't necessarily new but it's a you know it's a bit of a deep dive you might learn something yeah you know it's it's well, interesting the, it's interesting well, I, the way interesting used to be <laughs> and and then and that's the that's the that's the crazy thing is we've talked a lot about this before it's like I cannot remember the last time I read a substantive art article on Houdinki. I I can't because everyone Which is that, crazy though. Like we were talking before, I said, remember you'd have your your Jack Forrester, your 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 Cole Pennington, right? Yeah. And you'd sit there and read it, and, and it wasn't necessarily selling you a watch. It would be at an event, right? You would go to Goodwood or something. There was somebody would be scaling, uh, you know, some peak, going on a hike or something, and it yeah. wasn't necessarily selling you the watch. It was kind of just involved. Right, it was there was there was a bit of artistry in the writing. There would yeah. be some nifty photographs, right? It was, and again, did, did we did I like to clown on that stuff? Yes, because it was a, a very typecast type thing. But it was also it was it was artistically well done. You know, we can't take that away from them, and and they were good writers. I mean, I I, I can I can honestly say this: the last thing that I truly felt was substantive of from Houdinki was last year when they did a they did the deep dive into um American watchmaking like the 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 video series of of time across America I think it was Danny Milton that that did it um and I think he shot some stuff with Cole Pennington and all it, that was really cool it was a video series is like four parts or five parts where they went through like old hand you know Hamilton Lancaster Pennsylvania and they went to vintage museums like it was a great video series that was almost a year ago what have you done since? And now, all of the talking watches, I can't even stomach them anymore. I can't. Because it's like dudes with like three watches and they have somehow a magical collection that gets them to be on talking watches. I'm like, who are you? I also kind of liked when it used to be people that were not necessarily like huge nerds, but they just liked stuff. And they would buy it and they'd be like, I bought this because it was neat and it was a good color and like yeah, when they'd have this some of the athletes, watch. yeah. It's like I bought a purple watch because I like purple. I'm like, that's a fair answer. Yeah. You know? Now it's like you know, I saw on your website talking watches three years ago that this was the watch to get. So I made it in my decision that that was going to be the one. I was like, this is so coerced and forced yeah. that it's like it's it's cringe and tragic. Yeah. Like I remember, I think it was Andre Iguodala. He said somebody told me when I get in the league and I hit a good contract, I have to buy this Rolex. And he's like, that's why I bought it. And I was like, all right, that's like a neat story. Like. 
They yeah. said, when you make it, you have to get it. And he's like, I got it. I was like, all right, that's cool. You know? And, 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 but there's authenticity in that, you know? You know, Joey, uh, Joey Bats is his nickname, but Jose Batista, he had, he had a ton of like Bell and Rosses. That's yeah. just what he was into. And I was like, all right, it's fair. It's neat. But he's again, like, I like the big honest. squares. Yeah. It's honest. It's honest. And that's what we are missing so much right now. Everything is forced. Everything's coerced. Everything is strategically marketed. There is no authenticity. Yeah, spontaneity. It's gone. It's gone. Like I, I, to this day, one of my favorite talking watches episodes was, was David Robinson. That was an amazing episode. Okay. I, you know, I used to be a massive Spurs fan. I used to grow up watching the Admiral play with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili. And to see him from, you know, my hometown in the middle of nowhere, to see him on talking watches with Houdinki, like it, like it blew my mind. Cause I didn't even know he was a watch collector. I was like, this guy's even cooler now than than I than I thought of him before. But those types of like deep seated videos are gone. They're dead. Now they they have any random dude doing talking. I don't even know who these people are. Like, not only are the guests random, the people doing the interviews are <laughs> random. It's like I I don't know you. And you haven't written yeah, you, anything that, you do that gets lack, me excited. You do lack that emotional connection, the or at least the like the reverence that you'd have for somebody who you were like, all right, like at least even like if, like with James Stacy put something out, at least you still have that. You're like, all right, this dude, I know him, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, you know, I know he's got a resume, I know his work. Yeah, and thank you, James, for writing a the how to use your GMT bezel. He published that yesterday. <laughs> Actually, probably the, the the most recent informative article they've coming out of Houdinki in months. Everything else is now like celebrity lookbooks and like, oh, we're at uh, this art gallery and we saw some dude wearing a gold Nixon, so we decided to post about it. I'm like, what? What is this? You took my hobby and you destroyed it. You 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 corrupted the blog sphere for it. Well, I gotta say it probably has to do with a certain someone buying everybody up well that's true yeah so freaking lvmh yeah. yeah they own everybody that's that's kind of what it is so and there it's, you go and that's that's where the consumerism comes in and that's the next step I, I i was talking to a content creator before who will remain nameless but a very famous one is all i can say huge following and he said the next the next evolution is brands directly buying all the voices of content creators where they won't even be sponsored ads anymore. They're just going to be paid under the table. You'll have no idea it's happening, and they're just going to be fed all this information for them to to articulate and to to change the algorithm so that you see it. And that inherently will be the next the next level of marketing. And when he said it, it immediately made sense to me that that was probably, if not already happening, very soon to happen. Not for nothing. Tag Hoyer, I already did your dirty work. I got you your Mario watch. Let's just make it happen. Just sign, sign me up now. You're a, you're a, they own you too. It's fine. We can make it happen. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Don't give me yeah. any of your garbage watches. I'll do any of those glass boxes. You want me to push those? I'll push those right out. We'll make it happen. <laughs> skipper. Yeah. I'll take a skipper. I mean, I'll be happy with that. I'll That's what I'm saying. That. Let me push those. I'll push those all day long. It's like I'll take a, I'll take a I'll take a pink dot your, Carrera. Not doing your golf connected. I love golf. I'm not doing it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the hard line. Ain't no connected watches on my wrist. Ain't no connected watches like that on my wrist. I'm definitely not spending fifteen hundred dollars for. Yeah, even for Aqua Racer, I can watch. do Aqua Racer. Why not? Monaco, sure. Look, there's a lot of watches I like from Tag. But I'm just saying, you know, they need it. They need a boost. Hey, and they ran with my idea. I'm, he's, I'm sticking he's, with that. He's he's <laughs> ready. He's ready and willing to promote your brand. To sign that secret paycheck. How over much him? if I get a tat, a neck tattoo like the kids do these days? <laughs> How much please would you pay? Please don't get a neck tattoo. No, never. Are you kidding? As me? long as you wear it with an ascot, you'll be cool. Nah, bro, I have way too much stubble for that. I would that would hurt like hell. <laughs> be horrible. Be a horrible. An ascot would fit though. I would show up at all the LVMH events with my ascot. And a neck tat, dude. You'd be right at home. You'd I'd be, like, I'd be holding. Is- I'd be holding the. The iPod headphone next to my my face and trying to tell you how to pronounce things. Yes, exactly. Tourbillon. Exactly. <laughs> Tourbillon. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It's just it's a weird it's a weird thing. I, you know, I I know we had talked about maybe not bashing people, but I'm just I I just don't give a crap anymore. I'm tired of it. I think the I think the industry as as a whole has just been creatively lazy and bankrupt. And there's very few people. I don't think we say anything that's that mean. I think it's just it's it's a it's a it's a narrative on the whole industry right now. It's a narrative. It's but it's talking about stuff point. that we fell in love with and stuff that sucks now. That that's is my point. Faded away. Is I used to. Uh, I mean, I've said I've shared this before. I used to. I used to frequent Houdinki four or five times a day, because there would be a new article dropping like almost religiously on the website. The um. Now you're lucky you get one a week. Or two a week. Yeah, the Basel World was always my favorite. Basel World Week because it was just every thirty seconds. Beep, 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 beep. It was just bam, 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 bam. And there was always something about a fourteen dollar hot dog. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and paying for the Wi Fi and sitting on yeah, the floor. That was always funny. Well, yeah, watching them scrunched up in like a little chair trying to write to like a laptop was always very funny. I but it's it. like they did it, and those people did it because they loved it. They loved giving the fans, their people, the content. Because we wanted it. There was always a, ju- a good joke about Tweed to be had. I mean, I mean, even now it's like we have we have watches and wonders looming in just a few weeks, and it's like I'm not even excited. Like I'm not even excited. I mean, watches and blunders version three. <laughs> the remix. It's the remix. They'll call it a comeback. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's you know you know what it is. It's 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 not. I know some people always take things as bashing or whatever, but it's it's a lot of just like waxing poetic about how things have changed or what you really like that you don't get anymore. You know, it's it's things that you were like, wow. You know, I really used to enjoy this. It sucks that we don't have that. Yeah. And that it would be awesome if somebody could give you that. But again, with the the sort of commercial aspect of things it's really tough it's tough it's well, it's tough to get you know joking about uh tag your sponsorship aside like it's a it's it's tough to get on board with people like that because if you god forbid you have an, an honest opinion about something and people don't like it they'll just cut you off or they'll be like yeah. oh no you can't say that or edit that out or you yeah. know everything's got to be checked out and read through i mean and it's crazy before it's like no. i mean Dude, even I've I've worked with some brands that have demanded that they want to know what caption I'm going to put on like the giveaway, and I'm like, dude, it's a charitable donation. I'm not going to roast you. Calm down, you know. Like, 
I don't know. It's it, but but here but here's the that's thing. That's the stranglehold that keeps that holds it back. But here's the thing. That's because people have done that. Yeah, and it has I guess. forced those. It, it's a two way street. I mean, those brands are so terrified of, of of losing face value because some dude on the internet roasts them, and and that's just how fragile they they are, you know. But it's also because some dude has roasted them on the internet, and it's caused them to have a negative impact in sales or stocks or whatever. So it's it's this whole thing, and it's just like it's it's a two way street, it's a double edged sword. But at the end of the day, it's like brands need to be more comfortable with saying, look. That's a dude's opinion. This is our product. If you don't like it, don't buy it. But we're going to continue making a great freaking product. And we're going to continue marketing it. And we're going to continue pushing it out there because our clients who are real enthusiasts love it. You're not going to please everybody. Okay? But too many people are afraid of being canceled or afraid of being um, looked at in a negative light. You know? Yeah, I mean, you look at, you could just look at Bud Light, right? Yeah. They've gone full circle. They went influencer. They, now they're UFC. Like, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. That's that's where everybody's at right now. They yeah. don't know what the hell they're doing. They're like, they're who, just, could, who are we trying to appease today? Yeah. They're just you know? literally throwing darts at the wall, hoping something sticks and something sales, resonates. Sales, sales, sales. Shane <laughs> Gillis? Shane Gillis is good. Yeah. Uh, he drinks Bud Light. Let's, let's get Shane Dana Gillis. White. We love Dana White, I think. Yeah. Dana White, yeah, sure. UFC. Kid Rock also likes us now again. It's like Yeah, he's back. He's back. Like machine guns yeah. put away. It's fine. You know? You can't weird. keep track. Just weird. Can't I can't keep track. But it was funny. There was this meme that was uh that was uh going around. Uh, it wasn't really a meme, but it was like a video. It was like a really famous bowler. I have no idea who it is. But he had this this big statement um during one of his interviews. And I think it was like it was like retiring uh, game or last last performance or whatever. And he goes to the camera and goes, love me or hate me, you still watched. And that was like his final statement. That's pretty gangster. I was like, that's the most gangster sport, like, you know, hype, hype statement I've ever heard from anybody in recent memory. And it was a dude who bowls. <laughs> He's like, love me or hate me. You still watch. I wonder me. if that's the like, same Damn. dude. Did you ever see this? That clip, the guy he he wins on a he rolls. He he wins, and he and he and he's, and he's like whoever you think you are, I am. Like he, <laughs> it's like a classic like clip over it, the internet. It's, like it's but probably, the guy is jazzed up for bowling. And I'm like, dude, it's probably him. How many yeah. like crazy bowlers are there? Right. But no, this guy's right. like world class bowler, and and. <laughs> Obviously, the biggest statement like that, he probably had some people that hated him too. So he was probably that guy. But he's like, Yeah, love me or hate me, you still watch me. I was like, I was like, damn, that is uh that is true. That is some uh that is some boldness there. But it's the reality. It's like, no, you're not gonna appease everybody. And and to try to appease everyone, whether it's Gen Z, whether it's reviewers, whether it's an a, a YouTube personality, you are going to fail. You can't do it. I mean, there's a lot of brands that we love that 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 will continually let us down on certain things, and that's okay. But we are going to call balls and strikes. It's what we set out to do from the very beginning when we started Risk Cheese is what we are going to continue to do. And we're going to be honest and open and fair, and we're going to judge how we feel things should be judged. It's like I share no secrets about Unimatic. I don't like them right now because they don't do anything differently. Is that a criticism? Yes. Is it a valid one? Also, yes. 
Is that going to be the same opinion of, of everybody else? No. And I'm not going to try to force it to be. No, they sell watches, so. But yeah, somebody's yeah, no. buying. That, but you know what? That that's all. Rooms. That's just that's another product of just today's environment. Is that you, opinions are suddenly are weaponized? Like uh, it's yeah. an opinion. If you don't, you know, you don't have to agree. Nobody has to agree. I don't agree everyone's, with everybody. Everyone's got one. With, it's I, don't, okay. I don't always agree with you. It is what it is. You know. Yeah, we we definitely don't always agree on certain things. No. So it, it's, but you know what, if you can have a mature conversation, you can. And that's, uh, but I feel, you know, I feel like a, a, a hobby like this, that is so, I'm going to use quotes again, mature, supposedly, right. And sophisticated, like you, you should be able to have those conversations and you just can't, like, there's no, it's, it's either everything is great or not, or it's just, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Right. But that's what I feel yeah. like is missing. That's what I feel like is missing. Right. Like, no, it's, it's totally missing. It's totally missing. Everything's lukewarm. It's like whatever's a negative is somehow spun into a slightly less positive. <laughs> the watch is overall great, but if I could make one little criticism, one little tiny, 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 tiny criticism, it's overall still great, but I wish the date was a little bit different color. <laughs> it's like, but that's just a small criticism. But this could be wonderful for the colorblind community. Yeah, right? exactly. Like... <laughs> it's like anybody who's a big fan of Teal might still like this. It's just silly. Uh, it is silly. It is. All right. I think that's good. I think that's a good place to stop. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I haven't drawn on too long because this is this is ran. It's ran a little bit, but it's okay. It's, it's been it's, a while since we did a long one. It, it has, and it, it's necessary. And we're 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 building ourselves up. We're ready with our thinking caps on for whatever's going to come in the next few weeks as we lead up to watches and wonders. So get ready. Hold yeah. on to your butts, kids. We're hoping hoping for a banger. One. Hoping for holding out. Holding out for I, a banger. I'm, so I'm holding my breath, but. I might be going. I might be uh, turning blue here soon, so we'll find out. All right. Well, bud, I will catch you and the listeners out there next week. Till then, yes, maybe I'll see you this weekend, folks. But if I don't, we'll catch you next week. Be good. Smitty. Later. Bye.